0: Hello and thank you for joining us. This is Brian, your host of the Parish the Thought Show. The opinions of said host and our guests have not been sanitized or scientifically tested, so please consume at your own risk. Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. One, it's free. Two, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It is so stinking easy. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You will not be disappointed. All right, good morning, everybody. This is Brian, your host of the Parish of Thought Show, and today my guest is the one and only awesome Shane Griffin. Uh, Shane is a a successful entrepreneur, has a degree in applied holistic nutrition, and is a certified life coach. Uh, Originally from Canada, uh, he now resides in California. Uh, He went from owning nightclubs in Toronto to going through a personal journey from addiction to recovery to now owning some of the largest health-based companies across North America. He is the founder of the Vitamin Patch Club. Uh, That's vitaminpatchclub.com. The first vitamin patch technology company in North America. Uh, He feels deeply that it's his, his responsibility to give back socially. So he donates his time and his company's time, awareness, services, products every month to various charities across North America as his way of giving back. Kudos to you, man. Um. He's also making the world a better place by giving back globally, nationally, and regionally with the charitable division of Vitamin Patch Club. He calls it Philanthropeneurship. I love that. That's a great You name. got it. You just make that up because I love it.
1: Uh, I would love to tell you that I can take credit for it. Um, a friend of mine in Montreal actually said, I think what you're doing could be called Philanthropeneurship. And I went, I love that, bro. I'm taking that phrase.
0: That, that, yeah. yeah. That, that is good. to. It speaks to it on many levels yeah like you say the, the concept of building business bases based on giving back so uh, you anyway, know so that's like the ten thousand foot view ground level he also also offers life coach coaching and speaking services pro bono to support people going through recovery uh, from you know significant life changes did I get that right you did sir that's that's me in a nutshell it's uh,
1: it's, it's a large a, like nutshell said, it's a ten thousand foot view I mean you know we're all We're all very complicated individuals, but that's that's kind of what my focus is these days, and has been for the past five six years.
0: Um, so why 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 this why this? How'd you get here? Good question. Why didn't you give up? Was it too hard? You know, all those those things that just maybe people want to know that are are trying to do their own thing or just getting through the grind they may find themselves in.
1: Well, I, I think the biggest thing is that um, you have to be appreciative of, of where you're at, wherever you're at, regardless of your circumstance um, or situation. We kind of create our own destiny. And even though we sometimes like to get caught up in, in the ifs and whys and what's going on wrong. Uh, I think it's always more advantageous to just look around and realize that there's always somebody that's got it worse than you, unless you're dead, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, um, so for me, first of all, uh, what we touched on with the recovery and where that comes from is very simply um, I was an addict, you know, I was a nightclub owner in Toronto. I was living the fast life. Um, I thought I was having a great life. I thought I was living as the kids say, living my best life. Uh, But I wasn't happy. I wasn't pleased. I wasn't, I didn't like who I was and I wasn't a bad person, but um, there was no value. There was a routine of getting up and debauchery and then going to bed and doing it all over again. And, and I guess uh, I'm very fortunate that the person who I am today is the guy who wanted wanted to be there then. Um, so I, sorry, my phone was just beeping there. I apologize. Okay. Um, so uh, luckily enough, after about two years after selling my my property downtown in Toronto, the nightclubs. Um, I went through a depression, I guess you would arguably say. I was I was feeling like I had no purpose, and I didn't know what purpose was. Uh, and a lot of thing, divine intervention, if you will, in the sense that there was a, a trip to Greece where a young woman um, le- basically left me on the trip, and it was because of my, my impairedness, for lack of a better term. And uh, there was also my older brother who found out that I was considering going to rehab, and he stepped in very fast. And made it very. Um, made an offer I couldn't refuse, and it wasn't an intervention. I I often like to give a lot of credit to my older brother on this because I don't know if it was if it was natural for him or if he read something on it. But the way he handled the situation, or at least the way he handled me in the situation, was clinical. It was textbook. It wasn't a, it didn't approach me with judgment or criticism. He just basically looked at me and said, "I love you. We can agree you're not an idiot." <laughs> which for him is a big step <laughs> to, <laughs> to agrees my older brother yes. so I'll always be a little bit of an idiot you know um, but he basically said look he goes, if you think you have a problem you probably do and, and then he was then he had an offering to me and he basically said look I've got a plane it's ready to go uh, and he didn't threaten me and that was the big thing uh, and I learned a lot in that moment about how I approach people with problems with issues he actually taught me a great gift that day uh, even without the gift of recovery um, so I accepted, the, I accepted the offering, and, and then I got on a plane, basically, went to rehab. Um, and I went to rehab in California. And that's really where my whole life changed. The whole path and everything changed was, was in rehab. I went to a place that was, I'm very grateful I attended. Uh, it was a holistic treatment center, so it was a non-12-step. Um, and I don't have anything against 12-step. I've never done a step, so I don't know if they're good or bad. But what I do know is for a guy like me, I needed, I needed almost like an entrepreneurial approach where it was like a business meeting with a, with a, with a instructor, with a uh, healthcare advocate, like, in, you know, a, a coach or, or a right. therapist or whatever. <clears throat> right. And um, we set goals and targets and, and strategically kind of planned what my life could be and how it should be. And, and it was, it was an amazing experience because. I'm, an, I'm not a curious guy where I'll sit down with you and ask you a thousand questions about your life. I always believe people have the opportunity to tell you at the right time. But in everything else, I'm very curious. Science, I'm very curious how things work, production, peep, like the environment. just I'm curious by nature. And I, and I started to be able to feed that by figuring out me. And there's nothing that is more interesting than yourself. And I don't mean that arrogantly. I mean that with 100% certainty and love for everyone. The fact that you can learn who you are, and I was 37 at the time, it it was it was amazing to me. I was like, oh my God, you're you're an empathetic person. You're a loving guy. You're this. You are interest interested in these things. I met myself for the first time at 37 authentically. And I was blown away. I was like, You're a good guy. And and that that experience actually came really uh in one assignment that I go back to and I and I often tell people to try this out. So I'll give this to your listeners um and it was it was my actually my uh therapist his name was keith and keith said shane i want you to go back to your room tonight and i want you to write your eulogy from your children's eyes and i said well keith i don't have any kids he said do you want kids i said yeah he said okay well then write them from kids eyes i said but keith you know like i don't know if i want them to know all the shit with the nightclub and all that stuff and blah 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 and he said that's a great thing shane you don't have kids yet so they're only gonna know you from the day that you start writing this they're going to know you from your 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 ground zero is you have a baby tomorrow. You're sober now, so how do you want them to remember you? And I got to writing, and when I wrote, I probably wrote it in I'd say 25 minutes. And there wasn't one mention of millionaire, there wasn't one mention of Ferrari, there wasn't um, hot girls, all the things that I had kind of put my life on in my previous life, the things that I I did think were valuable. It was that my father was the type of man who believed that everyone deserved trust. Trust was to be given, not earned. I had never even thought about that out loud because everyone says you got to earn trust. I'm like, I actually believe that people lose trust. I like think everybody gets my trust. <clears throat> Cross it, you'll never get it again probably, but
0: everybody so, comes. So they have it until they lose it.
1: Yeah, I think okay. that you know, if you, if you walk around <clears throat> the world with, with a bag around you protecting you from everything bad that's going to happen, you're not going to live. And that's what people people are going to hurt you. Yeah, that's going to happen. You're going to be disappointed and you're going to be disappointed by the loved ones. You are going to be disappointed by strangers. So why walk around guarded? You're not in a boxing match. You're not playing defense, you know? Um, And I didn't ever think about that, but like a thing like that came out in my, in my eulogy and I was fascinated. I'm like, wow, this is like an interesting perspective. And then I started thinking maybe I've got more to offer. And it was at the treatment center where they suggested, they said, you know, geez, boy, you could really, you could really work in this field. And I said, well, I don't know if I want to work with people in addiction recovery. I mean, like, jerks like me coming in, singing their sobs, sorry, but how bad their life is because they're doing too much drugs. I'm like, I don't know if I have that patience.
0: Yeah, because you know, you know, you, you, know like, you, you know, that world, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, and it's kind of like, you know, I, I, hey, the, the thing I also tell people all the time is 99.9% of us know exactly what we're doing wrong. do We have the willingness to change it. Um, because I did know, sir, I did know for a long time that I had a problem. My only, well, not my only, but my largest regret, and I still, and I, that's another topic we can talk on about regret. Um, I, I live with regret and I don't think that you should ever not have some regret in your life. The, the idea that you forgive yourself and it's gone, I think is, is, is beautiful in essence, but it's not practical in living. Well, that's, think,
0: a, that's a fascinating topic because I've never heard, I, my whole life I've heard of, you should never have regrets. I
1: think that's foolish. I think that's naive. I think that uh, uh, if if you don't regret, like who's lived a perfect life? Have you? Have I? I know that I haven't. I know I've got documentation that I haven't, (laughs) you know? Um, I mean, just me telling you this much. So I think it's important to live with some regret. I don't mean you live in it. I don't think you hate yourself for a long period of time, but But you should always know that it's there. Like my big disappointment, I don't waste, I try not to waste any time now. You want to know why? Because I wasted so much. Right. If I, and and the last, and it's not even the nightclub days. Those were great days. I learned a lot about friends. I learned a lot about, I can read people a mile away. So I got so many tools from being a nightclub owner. But the last two years, I didn't quit. And I knew I had a problem. And those two years are lost years. I learned nothing in those two years, except well, I learned, I guess, empathy. I learned what depression's like. I learned what sadness is like. And I learned what a lot of self-loathing and feeling sorry for myself and blaming people. So I guess I got life experience, but I didn't need two years of it. So I reflect on those two years all the time, all the time. And I like, whenever I'm laying around my boat before I get up to go to work or I'm trying to take it easier, I'm complaining that my day's too long. I'm like, Hey, you got, 365 times two, my friend to make up like you wasted two years of a life. That's a gift and you're an idiot. So smarten up and get up and go get to work. So like I'm on vacation right now, visiting my family two nights ago, it was three in the morning on the computer because I wanted to spend time with my family and I spent about six hours during the day with them and I had to catch up on work. So three in the morning I was on the computer. I'm not complaining. That's amazing because I have the drive to do it because I don't want to waste a minute anymore. Right. Every minute, every minute's a minute closer to death. So I think that regret is important. It's important to have. And I think the idea that we should just walk around, you know, letting everybody just go, Oh, not a big deal. It's okay. You know, forgive yourself. Namaste, you know, and move on. No, I think that's horseshit. I don't think that, I don't think that serves the greater good of advancement. That, and again, my yeah. opinion from my perspective and my circumstance, right. It doesn't mean I'm right. It's just how I operate.
0: Well, whether you're right or wrong, I don't know if there's a question, but there's absolute, some absolute rightness in that. I've never heard that before. And it resonates with me that if you, it's almost like, you know, especially in our social media world where all we see is the polished, you know, so, so what it appears to be the polished life of others. And then we only put what we th- you know what our best self and man, there's some days when I'm just like, you know what, I just want to go on and rant about how what I'm feeling and how crappy I'm feeling and where, what? you know, the gap from where I'm at to where I could be. And, and, just, and there's something and really that,
1: liberating about that. There's maybe, something I, don't, I know you follow my Instagram uh, yeah. account and I don't I don't really woe is me it, but I do take a lot of stances on like, hey, have you ever thought about this this way? You know, because yeah. those are my thoughts, like on my Instagram, whenever I'm feeling a certain way, or I just, it pops yeah. into my head. I was with my nie- nieces and nephews just the other day. And I was, we were talking and I'm like, Hey guys, what did you say there? I'm like, that's a great topic for my Instagram. And they're like, what? And it was the one I actually posted, uh, posted this last night. Um, that was about, uh, you did your best. Right. Right. And and one of them, my nephew said to one of my nieces said, well, you did your best. So all you can do. And I'm like, what? Really? Do you really believe that you did your best? Did you really do your best? Did you do as good as you wanted to do as much as you committed to doing, you know, and, and not picking on my niece or nephew, trust me. But like, let's really examine. Did you or do you just say that because you've heard it? it's kind of like the joke I say, go to a restaurant and listen to people order steak. Ask them why they're ordering a medium rare because 90 percent of the restaurants is medium rare. They won't tell you about texture, flavor. They won't tell you about bacteria. They won't tell you about the proteins that are cooked and the, uh, everything else in the, in, the, in the actual food. Nobody can tell you why they order a steak medium rare. They order it because they've heard it so many times in their life. Right. And it's a bizarre thing because, I mean, it's just such a common thing. And I think it's kind
0: of the same with these sayings we say to people, you know. Yeah, we don't really realize, we don't really think about what does that really mean or why do we say it, where's the origin of it. Yeah. And, and I know, I'm, I'm, yeah, Hey, I'm
1: not that, I'm not a scholar. I just, my, my ideas, I'm like, did you? And I'm like, well, I think, you know, I know that everything that, that I've done, I could have done a little better. I've never done anything perfect. So I haven't done, and I don't know if there is a, if there is actual perfection in the world other than the universe in and of itself. There's not. No, it's that we metaphysically, I don't think
0: there is. I mean, there's no real right angle. Well, again, you know, <laughs> and, and I say this often is if, if you're in a discussion with someone and we're talking about perfection, that you and I have to define what perfection means so we know we're talking about the same thing.
1: Yeah, and that's, that's very interesting you say define the words too because I have another uh, interesting thing that goes on when I have clients and we talk about, um, I'll have them often say, I just want to be happy. I'm like, okay, great. What's that?
0: Yeah, what does it look like?
1: You know, And I learned that from my mentor, Sean in Toronto, Sean Megson, who was my therapist for three years. Um, I came in six or seven months into my recovery. I'm like, hey man, I, I said, can I ask you a question? He's like, I said, When am I going to be happier? He's like, what do you mean? And I said, well, I thought by quitting drinking and drugs that I'd be in a better mood all the time. And he's like, who told you that? You're an idiot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, who told you that? I go, I guess I just thought it. And he's like, happy's an emotion, bro. He's like, you can't. It's such a difficult thing to gauge. Everybody's happy is different. So define your happy. It's yeah. kind of like define your perfection. You
0: know? Yeah. And yeah, that is, that is so critical because we, we, one person may think it means X and the other one's reacting to that. And that's not what they mean at all. Um, yeah. You know, when you, when you based on your, 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 post yesterday about, you know, did you do your best? And I was, it kept thinking, I think the answer would be, I did, what is my I did as as much as I (laughs) I did as much as I chose to do.
1: That's exactly. And that, and, and again, these aren't ever, none of my stuff is to point out our flaws because we all know them. Again, I go back to the thing that 99% of people know exactly what's wrong. It's a willingness to change it. Um, Like I did know, I know I needed help. You know, I know, I even know in my business today, the five weak points, like I can look at my website, I can look at my, my fulfillment. I can look at all my different operations of the business And I can tell you where we're weak. Now I have to prioritize what I can manage and what I can't manage, what I can do and what I'm not equipped to do. But ultimately, I know what's wrong. I do know it, but will I change it? Will I, like for instance, we've been, I'll give you an example. So we we do a lot of advertising for Vitamin Patch Club on Facebook, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody advertises on Facebook. We've got a little bit of a barrier of purchase acquisition. People have a little bit of a difficult time Uh, I would just say understanding the science of it. And it's really not that complicated. A vitamin patch is the same as a nicotine patch, except it delivers vitamins. So if you know anybody that's ever had a nicotine patch to quit smoking, you know that it works. You know, there's science, there's evidence-based science that shows that the transdermal is more effective than oral. This is a fact. But when you tell people to take their vitamins, some a different way than they're used to, they have a little barrier, little resistance so maybe Facebook isn't our best vertical for advertising because it means we have to contact people two or three times to to convince them, shall we say, or to give them their evidence. Right. And I look at it often, and I had these ad companies that were running these ads, and we're so down this road, I'd invested probably $20,000 in different ad companies and $40,000 on, on Facebook itself, and the ads weren't working. So instead of me just saying, this and this is going back a few months instead of me just saying cut them all out they're done i'll take it over myself because i didn't want to be the, because at least i had somebody to blame if it wasn't selling right i could call the ad company and say hey man you're not converting right. but if i let them go then i'm i'm holding the dollar right like it's up to me so i had to have a serious talk with myself in november of, of now last year happy new year um november and i was like look this isn't going the right direction and i knew that it was the ad copy i'm not an idiot I've been around a long time and they were writing things that were trying to persuade people to acquire our product. I'm sorry. The audience isn't stupid anymore. People like to say that, it, that North America because I'm Canadian. So I don't want to say America and think I'm talking about America. North America is dumbed down. Now you got to dumb everything down. I don't believe that. I don't want to believe that. Maybe it is true, but I don't want to believe it. I think that people are really, and you said about social media earlier and polish and their perfect life. I think people want reality again. I think they want, and I I mean reality, I mean
0: truth, Yes, you know,
1: a little, a little, a little, a little integrity, a little efficacy. And so I started writing our own ad campaigns and I literally wrote them from the perspective of a client. I I was skeptical also. And then I understood this and I understood this and now, now I'm a fan of it and we are not a solution to all of your problems. We are one cog in the wheel of your health. We are one single device that you can do to improve your daily. And if you like pills, have at it. Here's great companies to use, you know, like, and now we're converting. But my point of that was we, I had to make a call because I I was, I wasn't willing to change for five months. I wasted money. And again, wasted that time thing. I talked so much about. And finally in December, I was like, you know what? You're just going to have to do it yourself because you're blaming other people. And, and if you have a better way, go do it. Yeah. And we have, and now we're converting at, a, at an optimal rate and we're getting great response moves, but they're actually saying, we appreciate your honesty.
0: Cause it's not a sales pitchy thing.
1: It's not. I mean, th- when you look at, go to any supplement ad or any nutraceutical company, or even a food company, it's always fixing everything that's wrong with you. And that's just not the truth.
0: Yeah. Where, where I live here in Utah County, it is like an epicenter, massive epicenter of MLMs of all this nutrition. I mean, they are everywhere here. So yeah, I've heard so many. And maybe just to, to highlight that world for a second. Yeah. I think they could be so much more successful if they would just tell people what they're doing and not try to snowball them or couch it in some other, you know, don't tell them what it is. Just get them in a room. It's just tell people what it is. People can handle the truth. And I think we are afraid, you know, we we're sparing feelings by not just being real, with I agree.
1: I agree. I think, I think we're seeing well. We've seen a big pendulum swing, right? I mean, if you look at the look at the the world, nineties, uh, early two thousands, a lot of PC, and I think there was a lot of need for it. I think that there was a lot of ridiculous homophobia. I think there was a lot of ridiculous uh, bigotry, racism. I mean, there still is, but I think that everybody had to have their moment, and still need more moments. By the way um and equal rights of course and women's rights and stuff mm-hmm. that there has to be some pendulum where it gets like you have these i and i i'm not going to get into political debate i don't think this is the forum for it but you have people suggesting that it's two pc well it's going to have to get too pc until we find a middle ground where people understand of uh, the concept of just being equal and fair to each other across the board and and it has to go a little bit further to the point that it makes the, the the almost the middle group, the the masses, the general public get a little uncomfortable, get uneasy. Like I watch a lot of comedy and and I I listen to a lot of Joe Rogan too, and there's a lot of talk with Louis C.K. or this guy or that guy. And never mind the Louis C.K. with him touching himself. He just recently did a, a, a another comedy thing where he was trying some new material, and it was on the Parkland shooting, and it was a bomb, and it was not. Not right, not in good taste, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I'm not a comic. I don't know how to do it, so I'm not going to judge him. But I just think it was poor taste. Um, but everybody's saying, oh, it's too far gone. I'm like, no, because if a normal guy, an average guy, a, centers, a really kind of probably left of center guy, me, gets a little uncomfortable in situations, then the, nor- the, the, the larger majority is. And then I think is when you impact change. And then it'll right itself. But the ship has to make harsh corners. You know, and I think we're at a time where we're seeing now where the younger generation below us who has been a product of this raised in a PC environment are now kind of saying, "Okay, but what's the truth? Because it can't it can't be everybody's wrong and it can't be everybody's awful. It's got to be somewhere in the middle. And we're just we're just a complex, complex.
0: Oh, machine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, even, you know, here we go back to the definition. You know, what does truth mean? You know, does, yeah, there, is there one? Is there six? Is there, you know, me being involved in a major religion, you know, I, yeah, I, I believe it. I don't know that it's true, but I believe it and it makes sense. Yep. So, but, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the point where, um, I'm open-minded enough to, you know, and I, I used to not listen to those that thought differently because it was uncomfortable. Well,
1: and that's the thing. And that and that's where we grow them. That's that's yes. the best part. Like, I, I I I I used to hate that feeling, you know, when your body starts getting a little bit warm. You can feel your temperature, your face gets a little bit red or whatever, and, and you're in a public forum. And you it's like you're, I guess, it's blushing, but it's that uncomfortable feeling. I thrive for that now. I love that moment when I get the butterflies. I'm like, okay, I'm about to learn something. There's going to be a breakthrough here. I'm I'm a little nervous. What's
0: going on here? You know. So yeah, I'm so glad you said that because a year ago I was, you know, I basically changed my thinking or my attitude about where I'm going. A year ago, and probably I don't know three or four months into that, Richie Norton was doing a uh, a little meetup here in in Utah County, and I had got tickets to go to it. And I was nervous, and I was uncomfortable because I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm, I want to be like these people, but I'm not these people. And I was actually secretly praying that I would have, you know, that my car would break down, so I would have a legitimate excuse that I could blame on something else to not go. And then it just hit me: I'm like, just go because you are uncomfortable. Go be with those people because that's a world you want to be into. So just Absolutely. do it. Be. And now I still fight with it, but. Because it's a natural reaction to, oh, this is uncomfortable. Make it stop.
1: Yeah. Instead of this well, of is course. uncomfortable,
0: lean into it and grow from it. And it's it's been quite a transition because I'm trying to shake off 40 years of mediocrity. I guess you know, not my dad's fault or my parents' fault, but just the way it was.
1: And no, it's just we get into a rhythm, and, and before you know, you look back, you're like, oh, wow, I've been keeping the same. Bum, 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 yeah.
0: For so long, you know, it's
1: hard to change that up and start playing some jazz. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? the
0: habit the habits. We just to get man. Yeah.
1: It's a good metaphor of life. Stop playing stop playing uh, whatever and start playing jazz because that's <laughs> all it is. A big confusion confusing orchestra. <laughs> so, you know?
0: That's so true. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to write something on that one. No, that's I'm that's- gonna say
0: that's a yeah, great
1: something to do something to do with musical. Are you are, is your life a jazz? show, oh, yeah, show. It, yeah. sh- it should be yeah <laughs> and it probably is more than you think <laughs> yeah you just don't recognize it nor appreciate yeah. it yeah anybody else looking at your day-to-day would be like man this guy's this guy's a rap battle gone wrong
0: <laughs> oh my gosh yeah that is so yeah. funny so true um but so yeah the,
1: the pathway for me i mean I you know, kind of got off topic but what oh no I, I... there isn't
0: there is no off topic okay
1: so um I ended up moving to California and I, and I started my wellness companies, uh, whole life balance, my first, and that's a, 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 we call it the, uh, the one-stop shop for wellness. I I had seen, I I like, I don't look for problems, but I've seen a lot of problems and I noticed one specifically in LA and there are people that are going to more specialists, but they don't have time to get to see all of them. And I believe that the whole body needs to be treated. So we, I introduced a, a business, that has everything under one roof so it's you've got everything from aerial yoga to personal fitness to vitamin IV infusions to chiropractic to acupuncture to massage therapy um to uh uh, medical appointments nutritional appointments um all under one roof nurses on hand so you're kind of across you holistic and medical and we found that to be quite successful and that was a good business uh the only problem that i had was i felt I felt like I was in prison a little bit because I was going to an office every day and I was helping one or two people every hour. And I'm like, you know what? And then this is going to sound arrogant, but I was like, I got, I, I got to reach more people. How do you do that? Well, you get online. I don't think that sounds then, arrogant at all. That yeah. Means- it, 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 it felt a little bit. So I may I something I got to do. No, deal with. no. You know, it's like, I think I've got too much to offer and and I think there's a purpose for this. And I, and I guess also I'd been told it over and over and I, it took me a long time to listen to it. Everybody in my, in the treatment center I was at said, this is your like, Shane, this is natural to you. You're helping people every day here and you don't even know it. I'm like, I'm just, I just helped the guy on a hike. They're like, yeah, but 14 other people walked by him. I'm like, well, they're not human beings then because the guy needed a hand, you know, like, like, I mean, you know, the, I, I, this is actually another cross that I have to bear or bone to pick, whatever you want to say is I don't like when people give you credit for doing what's right. It drives me nuts. I actually got, and I should have just said, thank you one day. Instead I got into it with somebody and somebody said, uh, and this is hundred percent. I was sitting in at whole life balance in Santa Monica, which was my location in Santa Monica and myself and one of our yoga instructors, was going across to the Whole Foods. And I look across the road, and there's this older gentleman. And he looks confused. And there's a lot of homeless in Santa Monica. So we couldn't tell if he was homeless or not. He was having trouble getting across the road. Like, the light had changed three times. So I went out, grabbed him by his arm, and helped him across the road. That's it. And then I looked at him. And I said, are you okay, sir? And he looked disheveled. He looked a little confused. He had no idea. And I said, do you live near here? And he kind of said, yes, da-da-da-da. I said, well, I'll walk you home. And, and I, this is kind of, this is my funny inside joke. Biggest mistake I made because I didn't realize he had a cane and he lived two miles away. And it took us about an, it took us about an hour and a half of me walking him. Um, and I had meetings scheduled and all kinds of stuff in the office, which just got blown off. But I got him to his homeless, not his homeless, but his old age home. And went inside and I said to the nurse, I found him. I said, oh God, he's diabetic. He went into shock. He was going to get bananas. So other, helping a guy home. I said "Well, look, you know, I said to the lady at the front desk, I said, look, I'm going to run back to my office. I'm going to grab one of my business cards. If he ever needs bananas again, we, live, we work across the road from Whole Foods. One of my nurses will bring him bananas. Okay, you know, just whatever. I remember getting back to my studio and a bunch of the, the girls in the yoga class were just getting out. So it did take about an hour. So they saw me leave and they saw me get back. And they all came up and said, oh, you're just, that was so nice of you. I can't believe you did that. And I looked at them and I was like, you guys all saw him. Why didn't one of you? Don't give me credit for doing what's right. I think we should
0: shame the people that do the wrong. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's because, and I've said that for years too, in terms of like just being honest with people. When you, when you are praised for doing, again, doing what's right, it just sort of shows you, I think, as a whole, how we've slipped. That's exactly, that, that's my point. It's more of an a,
1: a impact on on the culture that we live in now the society that we live in now that it's, it shocks people when something is done right. I'm like, wow, how, how, how we've messed this up, you yeah. know? Yeah. Like that, sh- that should be the norm. Taking care of your fellow man should be the norm. Treating your neighbor like they have respect whatever ethnicity, gender, uh, sexual prolification or yeah. anything. It just, I mean, just because we're, one, we're one race. Yes. Just because yes, yes, they're a fellow race.
0: human. You just, you know, just, Try to help. I mean, I, I just put a, a message or a little note on my phone to remind me, you know, this is you have this one life. Make someone's life better today. Yeah. Just just one not, little. It's not and, hard. It's not, but we, I, think, I think what overwhelms us is we think it has to be this grand thing that's going to make headlines.
1: Well, that's, that's actually one of the best things that I've learned since launching Vitamin Patch Club. So we we talked about the word Philanthropeneurship at the beginning That kind of was created Because I I explained to my friend in Montreal That one of the things that I felt In power that we needed to do Is we needed to build a business Based on giving back So I wanted to have a big foundation side In the business And I I don't have the money To start a foundation You know, we're philanthropic But I'm not a philanthropist Um, Not yet And uh, I was talking to him And I said, look I want to find three different needs Charities every month three new ones i don't want to just do a blanket every year i give to the alzheimer's and i'm sure they need it don't get me wrong yeah i don't want to give blanket every year to cancer i'll, I'll do cancer and then i'll do alzheimer's and i'll do autism and then we'll do uh, a child that just doesn't get a christmas and we'll do let's jump around especially with a guy like me with add i want to work in a bunch of different places keeps me busy yeah but the best reward that i got is the ones that we didn't even think that would be and it was amazing because i'll give you an example we did habitat for um humanity, building mm-hmm. homes. Mm-hmm. It was a last minute thing. My, uh, my publicist called me today, hey, Shane, there's an opening at the LA habitat. Do you want to go and build houses today? I'm like labor. Yeah. I haven't done labor in a while. So I grabbed one of my team members and I said, Hey, we're going to go build houses. And we went over to the thing and they gave us a shirt and they gave us the, the tool belt and they gave us a hammer and some nails and we got our hands calloused. Like we actually worked. She's a, she's a hard worker. She's, she's no longer with us, but she was a very hard worker. And she, she, we were working. We put in time, you know. And, um, and it was a lot of celebrities there, too, which also, by the way, worked. And I was quite impressed with that. But, um, you know, at the end of it, there wasn't a big party. We put our tool belt over our shoulder and we walked out. And, and I actually drove to Palm Springs that night. But damn, did I feel good. And it wasn't a big deal. I was one of 185 people. I wasn't a big spectacle. It wasn't a big show-off moment. It wasn't anything like that. It just We went in. We grabbed two-by-fours. We framed a couple walls. We saw a home the whole main floor get all framed and erected. And I was like, this is amazing. Eight hours, eight hours of my time amongst other 185 people. And this goes on every month. So, you know, it's it, it doesn't have to be grand. You know, it can be and it can be as much as I learned a lot at a, um, a film that I'm involved in um, called American Street Kids, which is about youth homelessness. And it's a very interesting documentary and a, an eye opening one. And I didn't, I learned something so great in, in one of the Q and A's with the kids that were in the documentary that are now, you know, being, being turned around and, and, and motivated themselves into life. They, um, one of the people said, what's the best thing we can really do for somebody like you when you were in that situation? Like, is it give you money? Is it give you clothes? Is it give you work? Is it, he said, the best thing that happens to us is when somebody looks us in the
0: eye and introduces themselves. Connects, like like you, makes a connection. Like,
1: yeah. Like, like imagine that we're, we're a human being too. And I was like, my God, that's
0: the easiest one of the bunch. But you yeah. know, Yeah, no, I, I'm just trying to think about the times when I've come across people that were in need and, and, and we've all done it. I've, yeah. given, I've given
1: change out my car window and just, and thought I'm doing good. I am. I'm being kind. I'm being, I'm being generous. It's great. But you know, they're, they're, they need that to survive, but you need to feel like you matter to have hope to move on. You know what I mean?
0: Right. You're just you're not just a, a
1: body there. Oh, yeah. 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 It was it was heartbreaking to hear that from a twenty year old who'd been on the street since he was thirteen years old. To think that he never felt like he was mattered at all since well, leaving a foster program that he was abused in at thirteen. Like his whole life he was not important
0: he was a category yeah that we can that we can try so we can we can try to understand but yet, yeah we don't understand
1: no no so it was uh wow. so there, i mean there's just all these little <clears throat> lessons out there that really have again been part of this this journey and 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 it all and again it all filters back to this this belief that i have within our business and i and i know i'm going back to business not to pitch it but to no, really, it's okay that the, the the company itself that the, the the DNA of it is that we wanted, we want to change the world one patch at a time. I mean, that's just, that's happening, you know, with, with the impact 36 different charities were affected positively by us this year. And when I say us, it's basically me like vitamin patch club is not huge yet. We launched this year. We're in our first year. Right. My, my COO looks at me and gives me shit every month. He's like, Shane, you can't afford to go buy $4,000 worth of toys for this charitable organization. For the I'm like, well, how can I not? I was at, there's 500 kids, everybody gets something, you know what I mean? Whatever it is. Like, you know, and he's like, Shane, he goes, we, we, we're not, we're not going to do that kind of sales. Like we're, we're growing. I'm like, well, I guess I'll lend money to the business. And it's not, it's not a right way to do it, but I also believe you can't say you're a company that gives back if you don't. So, (laughs) you know, so true. So you either do, you either do or you don't. So anyway, so, we that that's the dna of the businesses I, I just believe that we can impact change and we can make a progress and we can we can impact people we're launching a new thing right now for customers which is our customer compliance um or co- correspondence rather where we're actually going to be now telling our, our clients three things very important each month one we're going to be telling them where where they impacted the world so we're sending them an update like our blog about the charitable initiatives Two, we're sending them one of the notes from one of my emails randomly picked by my team. They're going to copy and paste, for grammar and all, our email on, on, uh, on my thoughts. Because a lot of my message is not about just I'm a nutritionist, but I'm, I'm about much more than that. And, you know, I don't speak on just food. I think that that's one cog in the wheel. And then the last email that we'll be sending our customers is going to be uh, a month is going to be an actual clinical study on something that has nothing to do with our product nothing to do with vitamins also so basically we're sending you no information on nutrients and vitamins all the other nutrients of life you know here's your give and give back Here's how you can benefit yourself in a mind body spirit and then the last one is is a fitness type of thing like talking about fasting talking about ring work talking about weight lifting power lifting high intensity interval training all the different fads that are going on and a real honest breakdown for people that might not have the, the wherewithal to tell, to be able to determine what's better for you. So, we really want to impact a whole lifestyle change with people. And we believe that if we can get, like I said, a product acquired by somebody, we know our vitamins are great. We know that they live, deliver great efficiency. We know that they're affordable. I, I know my product, I'm proud of it. But that's the vehicle to get into, like, basically your virtual kitchen and then show you how what you can what the impact you can make on people's lives show you the impact you can make on your own life and then show you how you can even improve it more. And I think if we can do that collectively as a society and I and I mean this when I say this I'm, we're going to we're going to impact you know a couple million people a year off this easily right. easily in the next next year or so that's that's the long long vision you know that's that's the goal of the company
0: so someone's listening to this And they're like, yeah, well, of course Shane can do it because you've got got all these resources. You've got all these connections. I don't have any of that, so yada, yada, yada. What's my answer to that? Why does this matter to me, Shane Griffin? I'll give you an
1: example. 37 years old is when I reintroduced myself to myself. That's when I decided to get sober. My whole life, my whole business, my whole everything was built on the entertainment hospitality business. I never went back to it. I went back to school to a two-year program that was less than $3,000 for both, for both years. I earned myself a degree. I had not been a good student when I was a student previously. I ended up becoming valedictorian because I found a passion. So to answer that simple question of, well, how did you do it? Find something you're passionate about and everything else will make sense. You don't need a lot of money to start. The barrier of entry in this world, by the way, now is zero. Yeah, you want to start a podcast? It's zero dollars, unless you don't have an iPhone. Right, we're on it. We're on a free app right now. Correct. Yes. Yeah. So, your barrier venture. You want to stop a, start a website and start selling stuff? Shopify twenty nine dollars a month. Pretty yep. much zero entry. You want to get your message out? Instagram free, Facebook free, Twitter free, Snapchat free. Everything that we have, you the the amount of ways that you can get your message out, your product out, your brand out, your ideas out. The barrier of entry is zero, so I don't buy into that connection thing either, and I'll tell you why. When I moved to LA, I knew one girl here. She was a a dear friend I met while I was in treatment. She introduced me to a few people. I started getting active in the community. I started going out. I started going to events. I I went on, I mean, again, free. Go to uh, events happening near you on Facebook. Show up at them by yourself get some get some stones and yeah you're going to be alone and it's weird and you're the person that doesn't know but you break one conversation and if you're authentic and true people will be drawn to you so get uncomfortable get uncomfortable and show up places do things you know talk to people god it's so easy i went i went to a movie last week and ended up getting in about a 35 minute conversation with a guy after the movie on the way i'm like that was fascinating wasn't it he's like that was a really good film and i'm like are you from here He's like, no, no, I'm just visiting. I said, where from? He goes, St. Louis. I said, oh man, I was just in St. Louis. He's like, really? I said, yeah, I just drove through from Nashville. Ended up, we ended up knowing the charity I worked for in Nashville by six, six degrees of separation. Oh yeah,
0: no, I think it's like two or three.
1: Yeah, so yeah. I mean, you no, know, like, so it's 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 easy to do, really. I mean, and you got to work. Hey, and and the most important thing to people that are changing their lives or thinking about doing something different <clears throat> is. Have focus, but get blurry. I talk about that too. You can't be linearly on one thing. Have, have some ranges. Like I, I love hiking. I live on a boat. Um, so I have a kind of a really great cross of, and again, living on a boat in LA, that's not normal in LA. you think it is. That's not normal. You know, everybody's got these show offy big homes and, and beautiful condos and house in the hills. My boat's not a big boat. You know what I mean? It's not a huge boat. It's not like I'm living on 100 foot. It's a it's a day boat. You know what I mean? Right. But, but what do you need? What do you need to get work done? So, yeah. you know, yeah. I've got internet, I've got power, and I work. And and when I'm a little bit bored with work, I go sit on the bow of the boat for 10 minutes and watch the sea lion swim by and go, ah, fresh air. Okay, go
0: back to work. That is so cool. You, you know, are the first person I've ever met that's, that lives on a boat. So this is the first for me. You know what's really interesting, Brian, is as
1: I've been told by more guys than I can count uh, at two different occurrences in my life that I'm living their dream. So when I owned nightclubs and I was a nightclub owner, men would come up to me all the time going, bro, I wish I was a nightclub owner. And I always said, like, careful what you wish for. (laughs) Yes, yes. And now, my second chapter, my second take, or my second act, whatever you want to call it, I walk up to people and I'm like, yeah, I live on a boat. And they're going, and it's always, it's always guys. And they're usually, no offense to anybody, usually married. And they're like, dude, I wish I could live on a boat. Oh, that'd be awesome. I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's, You got to do pump outs and you got to clean it every day. And it's like, you know, it's not, I don't have a crew. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not the glory
0: that we think it is this. Yeah.
1: No, but it is, but I'll tell you, it's the best decision I've made in a very long time was moving onto the boat. It was absolutely the best. I was in an apartment. I was miserable. Um, I didn't elevator rides, parking garages. I don't know. I just, I was like, uh, why am I in here? And I was losing kind of progress. And I was like, you know, and a girlfriend actually said to me, she's like, where are you happiest? I said on my boat and she goes, well, Why don't you move your boat? And I'm like, all right. And then again, it got in my own way. I was like, I can't move on a boat. I'm like forty-three years old. Yeah. A forty-two year old man can't go move on to his recreational toy. That's and...
0: that that's akin to living with your mom in the basement, right? Yeah. She and he and she looked at me
1: and she was she's an ex girlfriend, uh, but she's smart as a whip. And she and she literally and pardon my language, but to use her language properly, she goes, Who the fuck are you trying to impress? And I went, oh, you're so right, and this is why we're not together. We're not together because you're always right. You really were one of those people that were right. So, anyways, uh, so then I did. I'm like, you know what? She's right. I own the boat. I'm paying for it. Slip. I'm paying for it now. Why would I go pay for an apartment when I have a two? It's basically a bedroom and a half.
0: Well, you've That's just you've taken the, a massive stress that probably ninety eight percent of us live with every day. You know, mortgages or rents. Yeah. So uh, off you've taken that off yourself.
1: Yeah, and I was paying for the slip fee anyway. So I was putting no whether no matter where I was gonna live, it was gonna cost me what it was gonna cost me a month to
0: have yeah. it. So no ex, no extra so. slip fee for, for, for living there? Well, they're supposed to be, but we'll just leave that anonymous yeah. right now. We never had this conversation. No. I know I know
1: the 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 Marine I'm I'm I've got a mailing address and I've got another residence that I is my primary address so technically i don't live on the boat permanently right but i i but i do
0: but you hang out there okay. a lot
1: i hang out there an awful lot
0: <laughs> just just when the sun's up and when the sun's down just two times exactly a day. yeah
1: yeah yeah i live there with my buddy mr bronx my pooch yes yes is he a boxer a big, he is a boxer he's oh. my best friend he's right with me right now that's awesome that is so travels cool. with me everywhere i go spoiled broccoli. well yeah i
0: saw him on the plane how is, how does that
1: work so he's a um disease he... a licensed he's a licensed service dog. Okay, so you um, say he had and, to be that. Yeah, and because of his size um at
0: a consideration for other people I buy the seat next to me. Okay, so I was looking at that post you put the other day. Now, do the people do you have people that aren't dog people they're like uh, that's not happening on my watch or are the people pretty good about that?
1: No, you know, boxers are really people love boxers, but um I I I understand there's two things that really drive me nuts with people with service dogs is if you are fudging the system, your dog better behave better than a normal service dog. I don't like people when they take liberties in these loopholes. So Bronx is actually trained. Bronx is fully licensed. Bronx is legitimately certified. Okay. Um, and you must have courtesy for other people. I have a disability, right? Uh-huh. And that's what, re- what requires me to have my dog. Okay. Um, that's my disability. That's not your disability, Brian. And I shouldn't, I shouldn't impact you with my disability. So... When I get on a plane with Mr. Bronx, I board, uh, I don't board first. I get, I get on with everybody else, but when I get on the seat, I always make sure that I have a window seat, which is for him. And then I sit in the middle one usually. And then the person is to my left. Um, and they're not even impacted by him, but I always get that extra seat because one time I was flying to Toronto and they didn't book the second seat and I got on and he went at the feet. And thankfully I got a man who loved dogs. But I looked down and Mr. Bronx was stretched across my feet and his feet. And can you imagine if you paid for a first class ticket flying from L.A. to Toronto and some dog is goobering on your shoe? That's just not it's just not it's caught. A, it's not considerate. You have to we have, yeah. to, we, have to look, we have to look we have to look at the world a little bit more outside of our own bubble. we were actually talking about this yesterday night at dinner. We we're watching a truck back up and the lady was oblivious that this truck was backing up. Her child was there, and she was just letting the kid play, and this big Dodge Ram lifted eight inches was backing up. I'm like, the person's not going to see your five-year-old kid. And I'm like, people are just oblivious if there's anybody else in the world but them anymore. Yeah. I'm like, the guy was in a huge diesel truck. It's a valet parker. He's turning it around three times. You know there's a vehicle there, and you're letting your child run behind. The, like, this young man's doing his job. He's a 17-year-old valet parker, and God forbid he nicks that kid with a bumper or something like that. Grab your child's hand and move it away. and it's just such it's something so simple and so nothing, but you see it extrapolated into bigger effects. And I think that it's
0: extremely important that you pay attention to other people. You know? Well, yeah, we're just we're just not aware. I think a lot of people are just no. Then that's how I have to look in traffic sometimes. Absolutely. Because you know, we've always been, we, we've all, all all of us have been that other idiot at some point. Absolutely. And we have. To oh, I'm all the okay, time. He's not. If someone cuts you off, you have to think. Maybe they just didn't pee- they didn't see me, but man, we, we get our little security blanket around us. So we immediately, the finger goes up and we're angry immediately. Like it's yeah. some sort of person. Like they they woke up that day going, I'm going to piss this guy off. It's, exactly. weird. it's weird. We take it real personal, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, I got a question about the, the dog. Yeah. Have you ever been, it, when your dog's at the window seat and someone says, yeah, uh, can you put your dog in the middle? Because he's way more interesting than you are. That happened on this flight. Funny, you it. that's exactly the, the lady that was sitting beside me. Um, I came in
1: and I brought Bronson and I always kind of make it clear. I like, I say, look, you know what? I, he's going to be on the window. He won't, you won't even know he's there. He'll lie right down. Just kind of. And she's like, no, no, I love dogs. She's in fact, and I sat down we were about to take off. She goes, would you terribly mind if he sat between us? <laughs> And I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. So, okay. I'll, so I'll move to, yeah, no problem. Mr. So he got in between and sat and he had his head on her shoulder almost the whole flight home. He rotated back and forth a couple of times, but the whole way here. And she was in love with it. I was like, are you kidding me? I didn't know if I should be offended.
0: <laughs> well, you can take that any way you want, I suppose.
1: Yeah. I, it's a compliment to
0: him. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. That's so funny. So. Well, Shane, um. I know. Want to be respectful of your time, so um, I want to do this again at some point if you're willing. But um, absolutely, I totally absolutely. appreciate. I appreciate you, and look forward to meeting you in person soon. Um, I like what you do.
1: I want to mention one other thing, too. sure. So, if you have any listeners or yeah. anybody that's in and around <clears> the, um, let me just go back to my page here. Boom, boom, boom. Um, I'm going to be doing one of my first uh speaking conferences so i i've been doing uh, motivational speaking for about four years but i usually do it in very small arenas with very small groups of people and it's not advertised and it's not for pay and it's not about mindset it's not about purpose it's usually about addiction recovery because i'm very focused into that field i do a lot of pro bono work words gotten out what i do and people have been i'm not going to say pestering me but asking me for about a year to get out on the talking circuit so my first official appearance uh, is going to be in North Carolina on, October, on April 6th. April 6th, right, yeah. I remember yeah, seeing that. Yeah, it's called the Unstoppable Mind Summit. Our host is uh, Mr. Shannon Rush, who's a dear friend of mine, who's a, Navy, a retired Navy SEAL and a, just an overall badass. Um, on the circuit, we've got uh, John Woodward, we've got Robert Hackney, we've got Ben Newman, we've got Vinnie matold They're all experts in their specific fields. And our MC is a Zahara Schreiber. Uh, and we're going to be a one-day. What we're doing with this event, which I think is kind of unique, because there's a lot of masterminds out there. And a lot of them are high commitment, high dollar ticket, uh, three or four days. You're traveling to places. Uh, what I think Shannon's done really smart is he's like, it's a get-in, get-out one-day event, $189. bucks. you are going to get five well, six epic speakers. I'm including myself in the epic um and really on on finance on personal growth on life skills and then mine is going to be on purpose and passion and being able to recreate and reinvent yourself and and find a pathway to truth um and i just think it's going to be a great 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 event so if anybody's in north carolina or even you know a couple hours distance it's going to be a great one the unstoppable mind summit and uh that will be, and I'll give you a link to that. It's at easy to find, com. Tickets are available there. And then the last thing is check out our Um Great vitamins, great nutrients. Uh, our energy patch, our wellness patch, and our beauty patch are the three we have. We've got three more products coming out in the next uh, couple months. Um, working on those diligently now. Give you a larger but You can make your own box. Um, you can order a subscription. Save five bucks on every purchase when you buy a subscription. And they are three hundred percent more effective than taking a pill because transdermally bypasses your GI tract. I won't give you all the science, but it's more
0: effective. Look it up. <laughs> right. No. Well, I, I I thought about that a lot. My wife gets colds and sicknesses a lot. Not I'm not major illnesses, but she gets hammered and she's. Always popping pills. You know so I'm Did I send you some, Brian? No, you haven't.
1: I'll send you some. I'll send you some and you can you can oh, review them too and thank review you. them in a month or appreciate two with your that. with your listeners. So I'll make sure we get some out to you today's Friday. Probably going on Monday. Okay, bud? That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. All right, man. I'll make sure they get to you. Awesome. Well, thank you again. And actually, sir. let me go let ahead. me give yeah. your listeners one yeah. other thing. If they want to go to the website and they go between now and when are you gonna air is when is this gonna air?
0: I will probably within the next couple of days I'll edit it up and shoot it out. Okay.
1: So I will give a 30 day window.
0: So 30 days from the date you
1: you people hear this, so let me know of a coupon that's gonna be VPC fifteen off. So that's V isn't vitamin P isn't patch, C isn't club, VPC. One five numeric off OFF. And that's going to give them 15% off their first purchase. If anybody wants to go to the site, check it out. And it's no commitment. It's a subscription, but you can cancel anytime. So it's not really a subscription. It's just how our model works instead of trying to out- outsource
0: people every, every month. Right. Okay.
1: All right, my friend. Thanks.
0: Uh, Shane, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It's been a uh, great chatting with you and uh, you too, Brian. I appreciate I'm, I'm, the time. I'm, I'm glad we're connected. So I appreciate it. Appreciate you being Absolutely. in my world.
1: Thank you, sir. I appreciate the platform. Appreciate the opportunity to get out there and talk.
0: Awesome. Thanks so much. Let me know what I can do for you. You got it, bud. Talk to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening to The Parish, The Thought Show. We would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com slash feedback. If you love or hate what you hear, please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us.